Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Well, today, family, we're going to continue in our The Struggle is Real series, but dot, dot, dot. Um, it's been an awesome series for me. I hope it's been for you. If you've missed any of this series, go back and listen to it, especially uh, the interview last week with Alia Deweese. Y'all, you didn't want, if you missed it, you missed the treat. Go back, listen to the testimony of what God did in her life and the struggle with significance. This morning, we're going to talk about the struggle with comfort. And um, I don't know about you, but this has been a struggle one for me, especially this week, um, hearing of uh, Ahmaud Arbery and everything that's happening there. And now maybe a little justice with or at least the first step towards justice and um, the arrest been, that's been made with his murder. But I also heard this week that a pastor, a friend of mine, um, died, and y'all, I'm feeling it. And uh, comfort, I need, I need to know that my comfort is in the Lord. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So if you got a Bible, meet me in Psalm 23. I'm a little emotional, y'all, because this has been a a tough week for me um, and maybe for you, too. But Psalm 23 is one that always restores my soul. So meet me in Psalm 23 right now this morning. We're going to read this whole passage. Psalm 23. If you got it, go ahead and write got it in the chat. Psalm 23, starting in verse one. The text reads, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me and your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The very word of God. Amen. Today, again, I want to talk about the struggle with comfort, the struggle with comfort. Let's pray before we go any further. Father, right now, as I do each week, as I preach, God, I just ask that you hide me behind your cross. Let me decrease so that you may increase in this place so that we may hear a word from you. Father, we need to hear from you, and we need you. We thank you, God. It's in Jesus' name we say, amen. Well, again, today is Mother's Day, and I want to say happy Mother's Day to every mother out there. And as I'm talking about the struggle with comfort, I thought, what better to do than talk to two precious, strong moms in my life, um, my mother and my beautiful wife, Kaylee. I I did a Zoom interview with them and I asked them about their struggle with comfort, if they would just share a little bit with us. And what I want you to do as you're watching this interview is I want you to just kind of look into your your heart a little bit and say, God, God, what is what's my struggle look like? And, And and take notes of what resonates with you as they're sharing. But but. What is God saying to you in your heart? Where do you run to right now in this place or, or this season? What are you looking to for comfort? Amen. Let's watch this interview together. Well, hey, family. I got uh, my mom and my beautiful wife here, Kaylee, on the line, Zoom call. <laughs> um, as you watch them, you see where I get all my personality from. My mom, she might start preaching, but uh, it's Mother's Day. And 
like I said, I wanted to bring them on and they're going to share a little bit about their struggles with comfort. And um, first, I'm going to ask Mom Puckett, my, my, my mother, my beautiful mother. I, you, they know the story at the church. I feel like you might be a celebrity at church and mm-hmm. some of them don't even know you. But um, growing up, I, I grew up in the household. I had my three sisters and you were mm-hmm. a single mom, divorced mom and in Gary, Indiana. Uh, it had to be at least 90% black, a murder of capital world at the time. And uh, you worked two jobs, sometimes three jobs. I saw you struggle to make ends meet a lot of times. And then in and out the door to jobs in, at night and in the morning. And I didn't see you do much for comfort or in terms of for yourself. And mm. So I, I mean, if you could just share briefly, just what, what, what was that struggle for comfort like for you? First of all, I have to tell you, I tried to get Kaylee to draw straws, <laughs> but she wouldn't do it. She said, age before beauty. I'm just so, trying to show respect and love. I'm here. I'm oh, here. Mama. Yes. It was rough. Those many years, many, many years ago, comfort, gosh, I found comfort, first of all, in food. When the kids would finish eating, I'd let them eat first to see what was left. And I'd find crackers, Ritz, no, Cheez-Its, mm-hmm. my downfall. When they were sound asleep, I'd sneak back downstairs or I'd hide them on the side of the bed. And Cheez-Its would become my best friend. Mm-hmm. I'd also stay up late after they'd slept, watch Sanford and Son or Roseanne, which I hated Roseanne, but I started enjoying it because she was so funny and it was so true. What she was, her struggles were very true, but I'd sit there and I'd laugh. I'd even watch I Love Lucy. I'd sit there till 11, 11.30 at night, just laugh, anything, because I believe laughter is good for the soul. Mm-hmm. I was raised by, in Catholic, in the Catholic, in, as a Catholic. My mother was a daughter of a Baptist minister. My father, was Catholic. She joined the Catholic Church so that we'd be all in one household in the same faith. But I remember her favorite verse in the Bible was Psalm 23. That was it. She would say that. She had different things that she would, you'd hear her say, but that's the one I remember through the years up until her death. Her mother She'd sing songs, mm. old gospel songs. And I remember those as something, if something happens in my life, it's like it triggers. I said, oh, I remember that song. I remember that song. But as she got older and feeble, which I recall the most, he's able, he's able. And she'd go through the house, he's able. She'd be, her voice would be wispy and it, he's able, he's able. And those are the things I recall. I recall that you don't fall on your face when things get that hard. You go back to certain things that you believe in and hold on to. And it takes me way back to as a child. (laughs) So those were things that I would hold on that probably nobody ever saw. Mm. As the kids got older, comfort came in a variety of things. Anything that gave them pleasure gave me comfort. Mm. And I've heard Derek preach in church before about how he just had to have this bike. And it took every dime I had to get this bike for his birthday, but he had to have this bike. And it is still in my garage. 
little DJ will get this bike. <laughs> and he so gave it. me great comfort, not saying joy, but comfort to know that he could have a bike ride alongside with his buddies. Mm. And I could go through that with each one of the kids, something that gave them great pleasure. The other thing that would give me great pleasure or comfort was following their athletics. Derek was a good basketball player, baseball player, and football player. Gosh, how did I forget that? And going to the games, screaming to the top of my lungs, no matter what happened, because especially football, I didn't even know what the heck was happening. <laughs> but I could go there and I could scream. And, no, and I'd always sit by myself because I didn't know anybody there. My youngest daughter would sit with me. My middle daughter would be up under the bleacher or someplace. Amber was cheering. So I could cheer for her. I could holler for Derek, turn around and ask the people what happened. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it gave me comfort. And that lasted not only his four years in school, but all the way through. Like I said, Amber was cheering, so I could cheer and holler for her. My other daughter played volleyball for two years through high school. And then there was Alex who came up the long side so I could holler and cheer. But I also got to cheer for their accomplishments in school. Mm. So those last, starting, Derek started high school in nine, 2000. My last one started, well, she, he started high school in 2000. The baby finished high school in 10. So all 10 of those years gave me much pleasure, much release. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it, and it, you know, it, and it just brought me through. And then I had four additional years because the other one, my youngest continued to play ball in college. Being able to drive gives me much comfort. Mm -hmm. But be, with all of that, to know that I can rely on my God to take me from the beginning to the end through all the struggles. Mm. Oh, don't get me wrong. Many times I was found crying. But I knew that he was there with me all the time. I did know that. Nobody else may be assured of that. But I know he was there with me. And I had such great support from my family. Outside of my four kids, my family support is something, I, I'm going to tell you, it's probably unheard of. Unheard of. <laughs> and it just carried me through. And I tell my kids nowadays, when I am on my last leg, Play my music for me. I love gospel music, Christian music. I listen to it. I, I when I was during my hardest times, I listened to it in the morning. I listened to it on the way home from work. I listened to it on the way to work. In between, I had the kids listening to it. Whatever, it, it just carries me through. Yeah, and that's good. Comfort, yes. Comfort, comfort is being able to to make it through and rely totally on my God, who has given me all the surroundings and the blessings that make my life, my life. Mm. Amen. Mm. Amen. Thanks, Mom. That's mm. good. Some of that yeah. stuff I knew, some of it I didn't. <laughs> and uh, y'all, if y'all didn't know where I get my ability to talk <laughs> and preach, uh, there you go. <laughs> Mom Dukes, thank you so much. Well. Yes.
I'm gonna turn it other to to the other mom, uh, my beautiful wife, and mm-hmm. I've seen you walk alongside me for some years now. I mean, we've been rolling for I think 16 years or so, and um, mm-hmm. and you've been in Chicago. We've been in Chicago for the last I think seven years. Mm-hmm. We have five kids. You're the wife mm-hmm. of a pastor, but not only that, a church planner, and I've seen you serve your butt off the church and serve in our house and raising five kids now e-learning um you know, how, how does that work what's the space look like what, what's your struggle with comfort look like yeah um so many of you know my story um too that you know my dad took his life um when i was three so my family we were just very close knit and we were just a team that worked together to survive and i kind of took the role of the comic relief and the shoulder to cry on and just trying to make sure everybody's okay um like mama puckett was saying you know bringing other people comfort and making sure that they're okay you know brought me comfort but um i as i've gotten older i've learned that i've done that at my own detriment um, trying to, um, help others and, you know, put others before myself. Um, and I think having our fifth kid and (laughs) finally being, realizing that I do live in a major city with five kids, um, in a condo, you know, in a really busy, busy street and all of the things Derek's been reminding me that over and over again and it finally just clicked I think because I just hit a wall and I haven't been really paying attention of what kind of gives me comfort and um, it's funny that he's using Psalms 23 because a couple months ago the Lord had me in there for a while and I just kept reading it and reading it and I never had realized that um, that he says uh, make you lie down in green pastures and that just really struck me that i need to be made to lie down in green pastures that it's good and it's pleasing and um god tells us that we are to rest he rested and uh, i shouldn't think of myself more highly than god that i don't need rest and i don't need care Uh, so uh, comfort is something that i have to remind myself that i do need Um, so what it looks like for me now is making sure that I wake up early before all the crazy, all my beautiful little, um, chaos wakes up (laughs) my beautiful interruptions. I like to say, uh, wake up and just quiet myself before the Lord and draw from his unwavering strength and well, and, uh, some days it's really sweet and long you know, 30 minutes or so, uh, sometimes it's five, but I just need a little bit. So, uh, that's something that really gives me comfort and also definitely working out is something that I, I run to. That's my Cheez-Its and it may look like it's, it's, (laughs) it's healthier, but you know, it's not always healthier in the way of, you know, exercise can become too much, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's all balanced. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, as you can see, see, I get the preaching ability from both of them because uh, they both 
hear me all the time. And as you just heard her drop nuggets about make you lie down and pastor, she's trying to take my sermon, y'all. But yeah, uh, um, it's, uh, <laughs> as you can see, the struggles are different um, for different people. Uh, comfort looks very different for a lot of us. And I just want to say thank you guys for sharing your story uh, this morning. Thanks so much mm -hmm. for giving us that bit of wisdom and just what it looks like, just the inside look into mom's life here on this Mother's mm -hmm. Day. Happy Mother's Day. We love you all. Yes. Thank you so Thank much you. for all that you do. You see, family, the struggle with comfort is real. As you just heard the two testimonies, it's not always running to some place or someone. It may be running to some place or someone. But sometimes, as you heard from my wife and my mother, sometimes the struggle with comfort is, is just struggling to try to appreciate or actually take the time to find comfort, to have comfort. I mean, there's many passages in the Bible where the Lord calls upon us to rely on him for comfort or to release our cares, our burdens on him, to lay it at his feet. And, and on this Mother's Day, I thought, man, it's very timely to look at a psalm, Psalm 23, a very popular psalm that's written by David. This, as you heard my mother say, this is my grandmother's favorite psalm, Psalm 23. And today I want us all to question again, what does my struggle with comfort truly look like? Do I run to something or someone else? Uh, do, or am I just struggling with it to, to appreciate or actually take time for comfort? Ask, what does my struggle look like? And then I want you to ask this question. What does it look like for me to completely trust in the Lord for my comfort? What does it look like to find my comfort in Jesus? Now, as we begin and we look at this passage, it's very important to understand and know that this psalm is written by King David, who, although he was a king, David was a shepherd before he was a king. So as you look at this passage and he uses the imagery or the language of a shepherd, he's using this to reference to the Lord. But he's also recalling his days as a shepherd, as he was a shepherd to a sheep. And he's saying basically that the Lord is a shepherd, not only to him personally, but also to his people. The Lord is his shepherd. Now, let me give you a bit of insight on what a shepherd does. See, the shepherd would keep the sheep from wandering and guard against wild animals trying to kill the sheep like wolves. The shepherd would also protect the sheep from people that were trying to steal the sheep like, like thieves or robbers. The shepherd would also provide, the provide for the sheep. He would also you know, groom the sheep. He would care for the sheep. He would correct them when they got out of line. I mean, in fact, when you read John chapter 10, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd and he talks about what he does for his sheep. Look at it with me in verses three through five in chapter 10 of John. He says the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Family, in these verses, if you pay attention, Jesus tells us that the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. He calls them by name. There's five things. He leads them. They follow him and they flee away from strangers. Y'all catch that? But the question is, how does this relate to us? What's this got to do with us? I'm glad you asked. I want to share with you why this is important. Hear me, family. Sheep are some very dumb animals. <laughs> 
It's many stories about them being really dumb animals. Y'all, they don't bring much to the table. They can't protect themselves. They got hooves. The best thing they can do is buy somebody to death. What's, what? That, that can't scare nobody. It's not going to do anything to anybody. They're big fluffy animals. They're not, fl- they're not fast. They're not leaders. In fact, they're great followers. I mean, they're, they're so good at following that there's many stories of sheep because pastors would commonly be by cliffs. Sheep would just literally jump off the, the cliff. Bah, boom. And then the other one would be like, oh, he jumped off. OK, let me do it, too. Bah, boom. I mean, now you got a bloodbath of sheep at the bottom of the cliff. I'm sorry for the imagery. I know it's Mother's Day. But look, y'all get what I'm saying? I mean, how, how dumb is that? Following each other off cliffs. They're good followers. But hear me with that. Hear me. Hear me. Just like a baby doesn't know much. They know the voice of their parents, though, when they call them. It's the same with the sheep, y'all. The sheep, they might not know much, but they know the voice of their shepherd. They know the voice of their father, and they follow. You know why? Don't miss this, because over time, the sheep have begun to follow as they follow the shepherd. Don't miss this. They, they, they become to, to know that when they hear his voice or they hear the whistle, it's associated with certain benefits or should I say certain comforts. Oh, that's good. They begin to understand that over time when they hear that voice, they know that voice protects them. They know that voice feeds them. They know that voice cares for them. And, and which now watch this. It frees the sheep up to, to freely graze and roam carefree throughout the pasture because they know their shepherd is keeping watch. Some of y'all just missed that. They, they, they know the shepherds keeping watch, so they're able to freely graze. And here's the reality. We missed it because in this season, if we're honest, we haven't been truly comforted or freely grazing because we haven't truly trusted in Jesus, our true shepherd. It says, no, no, no. We're stifled. We're not able to, to run or freely graze because we, we, we've been running someplace else. We've been trying to find our comfort in someone else. I mean, let's be honest. David opens this passage saying today, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want because he knows just as he's taking care of his own sheep as a shepherd. He knows that no, no, no. I serve the shepherd of all shepherds, the shepherd who will provide, take care of me, protect me and give me comfort. God is the shepherd for him personally and his people. That's what David is trying to get across. He keeps going in the text and he says in verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. Now, family, I don't want you to miss the imagery here. So 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 I, I want the scripture right now to so to say, come alive to you a bit. So close your eyes for a moment with me, if you will. And I just want you to imagine green pastures. I I want you to imagine beautiful green grass and nothing but you and fresh air. Do you feel the peacefulness? You see it? My daughter, Eliana, y'all, she cracks me up with this one. Every time we leave Chicago, you know, this, so to say, concrete jungle, when we leave the city and we get outside the city and she sees a patch of grass, we may pull over, we get to someone else's house. As soon as she gets out the car, she's running all through the field, through the grass. She's happy-go-lucky, just frolicking through the field like a deer. She's free. Do you feel the peace? Do you see it there? Now, now that might not be enough for you. So David keeps going. and He says, just in case, he says he leads me beside still waters. Y'all, some of y'all know for me to relax, it's not 
sending me to a beach. My wife loves the beach. She loves the sunshine. Y'all, I'm a black dude. I don't like tanning. I'm good with all. I, I, I could be inside and just look at the beach. But but I like going because my wife likes going. But for me, for some of you guys that, that didn't know me, you know that, man. You give me a lake house where I can look at the water and nature. That, that, that takes me to a space. See, one of my favorite things to do when I'm at a lake house is to wake up in the morning and I look out through nature and I, and I see the stillness of the water. It calms my soul. You feel that? You following me? See, David is trying to let us know that the Lord is his shepherd. And in his shepherding, he's the one who calms us. He's the one who comforts us and the one who gives us peace. And see, family, I'm not sure about you, but right now during COVID-19, in the midst of it and racism and then learning of the brutal killing of Ahmaud uh, Albury just this past week. I mean, y'all, y'all, it's comforting to know that the Lord is my shepherd, that, that I don't have to find comfort in anything in this world, but I can find comfort in someone who's outside of this world. He doesn't exist. He's here, but yet he exists outside of y'all. That's comforting to know. David keeps moving on and he, he says in verse three, he he restores my soul and he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. See, I believe right here, David, David, he's being honest for a moment. He's saying sometimes, Lord, I, I, with all that's going on around me and everything that's going on in my heart, I, I get off track a bit. And I start running my own way, in the, and especially in this season. I start running and doing my own thing. And, and family, how many of us in this season, if we're honest, could say, yo, that's me too. I start doing my own thing. And maybe it's not in your actions, but in your thoughts. You've wandered away from the Lord in this season. Can we be honest for a moment? David's saying that even in those low spaces, when we wander off, God is near and he not only restores us, but he says that he leads us in the path that he wants us to go in righteousness. Tony Evans, one of my favorite preachers, preacher down in in Texas, he says it this way, talking about this passage. He says, sheep are prone to wander and become lost. They need guidance. Many cars today have navigational systems to warn you to return to the right road when you deviate. Through his word and his spirit, God leads us along the right paths in life and reroutes us when we foolishly become wayward. Why? For his name's sake. That is so that others can hear us say, my God has brought me here. For some of us, that's our testimony. But for some of us, we've veered off the path. And like a good shepherd, God has not left us, y'all, but he's near and he's still here to guide us. Someone needs to say right now to God, I admit, Father, my actions, my thoughts, they've been off track. They've got the best of me and gotten me off track. But I'm here, Lord, right now. Restore my soul, oh, Lord. Is that you right now? I love this text, especially the next part, because it's so prevalent for us today. David says in verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
Now hear me, we don't know exactly what David is referring to when he says the valley of the shadow of death, but what we can gather is that this is a very low place spiritually. This is a very low place emotionally and maybe even physically. It's a place of death. It's a place that is emotionally uh, very dark and gloomy. This is a place that lacks comfort. And hear me, all of us, we've been in these places before in our lives. We, we all have been there and some of us may be there right now. These are the places that we run from. These are the places that that mentally we try to block out and we try to suppress. These are the places that by ourselves, mentally, physically and emotionally, we can't handle. And David says that it's in those places that I won't fear because you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now. Notice in the text that David doesn't say, you take me out of those places. Mm. He doesn't say, you meet me there, and then you, we run out of those places together, and we find comfort. No, no, sometimes God has to keep us there, because sometimes it's in those low places, if not most of the time. We learn the most about God. We learn to rely on him for who he truly is. He, it's in those low times that sometimes we don't have any other place to turn but to God. And we learn to trust him. But if we're honest, that's where a lot of us miss it, too. We don't like to sit in low spaces. We don't sit long enough. I mean, so when those low spaces like this pandemic hit, you know what we do? We try to overlook it. We try to just get past it. I'm strong enough to get through. Let me just keep moving like it doesn't affect me. And the the reality is, is that it's going to affect us emotionally, physically one day or another. We don't like to sit in those low spaces. No, we want comfort. I mean, the American dream is comfort, but it's not comfort from God. It's comfort from material things. It's comfort from money. It's comfort from the nice white picket fence and the house that we want with the dog and the spouse that we want. Y'all, it's comfort from all these other things that the world has to offer. But yet when you read this psalm, the psalmist says in the text that it's the rod and the staff of God that gives him comfort in those low spaces. Now. If you don't know what a rod or a staff is, you, you can really miss the significance here. The rod, as I talked about in the beginning, this was something that the shepherd would use to beat and ward off the animals instead to keep his sheep safe. In fact, as you read scripture, you see David as a shepherd. He killed lions. He killed bears. He killed wolves. He sacrificed his life for his sheep. Y'all keep following me. I promise I'm coming to your neighborhood. The shepherd would use the same rod now or that same staff to guide the sheep and pull them back from harm. All throughout scripture, we see the imagery of God's rod or staff coinciding with provision, protection and guidance. With with Moses, a shepherd, he uses the staff to lead the people of Israel. But not only does he lead the people out of captivity, he puts that staff in the Red Sea and divides the walls and the people walk through the Red Sea on foot without getting wet. He uses that same staff in a rock and and water actually comes out to provide for the people. I'm not talking about when he did it, getting in trouble. But the first time he, he if you keep reading the Bible, family, you get to the book of Micah and you get to chapter seven, verse 14. You see that Micah's told to use that same rod or staff to lead the people of Israel all throughout the Bible. Family, David is saying, look, I know that life gets tough. 
I know that it gets hard and sometimes it feels like death is seemingly around every corner of your life, peeking its ugly head out everywhere you turn. But then he reminds us not to turn anywhere else, even when death is, see, is right at the door. He says, no, no, in those spaces, don't turn anywhere else. But turn to God because he's with you and his rod and his staff comforts you. He will protect you. He will guide you and he will, he will provide. That's what David's saying. He says he, he, he will comfort us. Now, friends, I, I know some of us, we're honest as I was in the beginning. We're tired right now. We're worn out. And it's easy to look. In those times of low, depressing, whatever it may be, like it's easy in those times to look to something else and to look to another person or some vice, maybe sex, alcohol, drugs, video games, Netflix, working out. You just fill in the blank, whatever it is that you run to. And I know some of those things that I, I named aren't even necessarily bad things. But just as my wife said before, anything can be, become a vice. We can make anything an idol. If we begin to run to that thing more than we run to God, we're worshiping it. It's too of a high of a priority in our life. So, so, so be honest with me right now. I want you to just take this week. Just think about this week and, and, and that hard place, that hard emotion, that, that thing that just reared its face in your life. Maybe it's something physically. Well, what, what happened? When it happened, where did you run to? Where, where did your thoughts go? Where'd you go to for comfort? Where did you physically turn? Family, what has been your escape during this pandemic? We all have these places that give us temporary escapes, but they never provide the comfort that we need. Where are you running to, family? David says, although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I know you're with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Renewal, hear me. If God wanted to free us right now from this pandemic or even this world with all these problems and racism and murder, etc., he could. But since he has not freed us from it just yet, that means I can only conclude that God still has work to do and there's still more for us to learn. So as I said, week in and week out, y'all hear me. Let's not miss what God is doing in this season. Let's not miss a second. So won't you right now, hear me, just stop running to other places and just, just repent, l lament with me over our world, the mess that's here, our own lives, and just stop for a moment and, and just give God your mess. Give him the sin of this world, all the things that are burdening you. Say, God, I'm here. Do with me what you want to do with me. I can't do it anymore. I need you. You see, see, if I'm honest with you, family, right now, y'all, with Omar's murder and, and happening in the midst of COVID-19, I was literally like, come on, man. Hearing about this, the injustice there, the death of my friend, y'all, my, my heart went to a low place. 
And I had to stop and I had to grieve for a moment, just the mess of our world and, the, and just grieve over the mess in my life. And, and it was in that place that I had to remember, just like the text says and David says, that, that even in darkness, in the shadow of death, God is there. And his rod and his staff comfort me. But see, for someone that I know that that may not be enough. And I, and I don't have time to walk through everything that's happening here. But if you keep reading, David says in this text, he says, in the presence of my enemy, you prepare a meal for me and my cup runs over. Almost to say, even with mess all around me, which means that things may not look good, they may not feel good. You still provide for me. It may not come the way I want it or look the way I want it, but you still provide and my cup still keeps running over. God's got me. David keeps going and he ends and he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. These two verses as we end, don't miss this, remind us of the eternal promise we have in Jesus, our true shepherd. It's the fact that he took our sin on the cross he died, he was buried, and he rose from that grave after three days of laying there, and, and he's seen by more than 500 people. Then he ascends to heaven, and guess where he's seated? He's seated at the right hand of the Father, continually interceding on our behalf so that if we believe we have life, y'all don't miss this. Jesus is our good shepherd. He took all our mess on. He sacrificed his life for us. He laid it down for us so that now if we believe, we not only have life today, but we have life everlasting. That's good news. So hear me. Although things may not look the best or they may not feel the best or they may not be the best in our lives here on this earth, as long as we trust in the Lord as our shepherd, y'all hear me, trouble won't last always because we have an eternal promise that far outweighs anything that can happen to us, any comfort we could have on this earth because there's comfort in this promise of knowing that even though death may come today, I will have life everlasting. That's comfort that's unimaginable. That's comfort that's good news to a weary soul today. That's the comfort that we have in our true shepherd, Jesus, if we believe. So won't you believe with me today? So hear me, when those thoughts and those feelings or even the actual problems occur in our lives, Let's not stuff those things down. Let's acknowledge them. Let's not run somewhere else for comfort. But instead, let's say like David in this text, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Family, hear me again. The struggle is real right now, I know. But God is greater. God is greater. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, you're an awesome God. And I needed to hear this just as much as anybody else listening. Father, I, I pray that we would believe that you're greater and that our true comfort truly comes from you as our good shepherd. Let us remember that not only today, but all the days of our life, that you are a truly good shepherd. As we walk into communion, God, I pray that, that we will remember your sacrifice on our behalf. That it wouldn't be just something we do, 
but let us truly remember you and be thankful this morning. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. We all said together, amen, amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 9.30 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.